This is Waiting for Babies. I'm Stephen Mavros. So we just passed National Infertility Awareness Week in the U.S. The latest statistics show that one in eight couples in America and one in six in Canada will experience some sort of difficulties conceiving. And that's not including the same-sex couples or single women and men who have their own barriers to bringing a child into their lives. One of the toughest parts of infertility, both for those going through it and the caregivers working with them, is figuring out why. Why is this happening? Why is this not working? I feel like when you ask your average person, most assume that there's usually something wrong with the woman. And given that almost all of the treatment options out there are women-centric, you really can't blame them. After being in the industry for 15 years, I have fully turned to the woman's side of things, and I give them so much credit. Think about it. When a woman walks into a fertility clinic almost every time, someone's going to talk to them about how old they are, jab their arm to get at least three vials of blood, and someone is going to put the wand of an ultrasound into their vagina and prod around for a few minutes, and that cannot feel good. Now, what do guys get when they walk in? When they walk into a clinic, usually the only thing they get is porn and an empty cup. Now, I'm not saying that is not an awkward situation. I'm just saying, guys, you need to have an account in good standing at your local florist and chocolatier. Interestingly, science has found that it's not always the women's fault. Currently, we think about a third of the problem is actually due to the guy, a third is due to the woman, and a third is that dreaded phrase of unexplained, where on paper, everything looks like it should be working but for some reason it's not. Today's story is going to be a little bit different. First, you're going to hear a new voice. That's my office manager, Laura Mullen, who accompanied me on many of these interviews. We're going to switch gears to the Y chromosomed people and our couple. So my name is Steve Corey. I'm Cassie Corey. And how old are you guys? Um, I'm 34. 32. Like many couples, they figured having a child would be easy and followed what they thought was the natural progression of a relationship. Hey, that's what people do. Like, get married, you have sex, you have kids, right? That's like, that's the natural progression. I just was thinking about our pre-Cana class when they asked us, we had a Catholic marriage, and um, they asked us, you know, how many children would you like to have and write it down on a piece of paper. Do you yeah. remember what I said? Mm-mm. I said as many as we can afford. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's turned right. out to be a lot more true. A like lot a more true. jeez. Oh, yeah. Not taking into account where that cost could go. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you never think about it. You know, right. you just like you yeah. never think right. about. I'm gonna have to pay to have a child. You know, like yeah, yeah there's gonna be hospital bills, like whatever. The kids diapers. gonna cost money, diapers, whatever. Like, I get that crib, all that stuff, Before but before they're conceived even yeah but to to even think that you're gonna have to spend money in order to even you know have a chance to have a child like that's supposed to be the free part right (laughs) it's supposed to be the free part it's supposed to be the fun part right that's a uh, you know cassie like many women i meet had a little background fear about getting pregnant and decided to be proactive about it i was doing all kinds of like uterine toning teas and like um, oh, so you were already, like, treating it. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a doer. That's I, don't, her. I don't like to sit. I'm not patient. That's what I just right. said. Um, what, what, what was that like? Like, what was your, what was your process? What were you doing? Um, just, God, I don't know. I, a lot of Google, I think, you know, and just looking That's at Google. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't even know what I probably Googled was like, how do I get pregnant? <laughs> like, <laughs> Dear I, Mr. Google. Yeah. Well, I remember. Wait, can we, can we, I want to go online and actually yeah, see we, what yeah, pictures come up. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Crazy stuff, yeah, I'm sure. No yeah. Crazy we, articles. We spent a lot of money on ovulation kits that year, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you just get crazy because you start thinking like, I mean, maybe it's the birth control is still right. inside. Like maybe yeah, it's maybe affecting it takes, somehow, you yeah. know, maybe it takes, it's taking or me Or maybe longer. it's all those years. Of- well, then it's like, then you start thinking like, and Cassie, um, Cassie, when doing the research, she would be like, well, I found some stories that like it took somebody a year and a half to get pregnant to get the birth control out, you know? So then you, mm-hmm. that plays with your mind a little bit, right? Yeah. And it's, I remember you telling me stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and always you come back to, when you stop trying, it will happen. And unlike Steve, I think I was always a little bit nervous about having infertility problems just because it was so important to me. Like it was, um, I, I guess I, I should say I never took like the idea of fertility for granted. So I don't think I've ever said this to you, but I always did kind Here of want go. to try right away just in case something went, you know, something wasn't No, right. that makes sense. And, like, my radar was up, you know, probably earlier than most people's mm. would be to say, you know, like, maybe something's wrong because nothing's happened yet. So how long did you all, were you all trying until you realized that something? I think it was, for me, it was six months when yeah. I started being like, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I started feeling a little bit nervous, which they tell you is too early. And I went to the doctor and he was like, you guys are fine. He kind of gave us the look at you. You know, kind of yeah. answer like you're gonna be fine. Yeah, like look, like, like, look, look at you guys. You guys are fine. And like, how do you know? <laughs> what is that? What's, what's so I was like, okay. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Do we look fertile? <laughs> do we look yeah. fertile? Yeah. Is that what that is? I have a glow about. Are you me. making out in the? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, some sort of something. We must have some sort of aura that we have around us that I guess I'm not we aware of. We were too young to be worried about. Yeah. You know, we were. I was. Right, I was 45. like 27. I will you know, say. Like um, and so we gave it like another six months, and at that point we went to fertility doctor mm-hmm. yeah and then we were like okay it's funny how it happens is that like they focus on the woman well first. that was probably my fault too you know like I just kind of assumed something you know like I know but like even when we went to the fertility doctor it was like kind of more focused on you Then it was like alright Steve you can do your sperm sample like we'll get that some like Mm-hmm. Take care of it whenever you need. It wasn't like pressing, but it, with her, I, this is my impression anyway. It was like, we need to get you and do this test. We need to do this test. It's a little test. more invasive for yeah, the woman, it is. for sure. You, you have more things to check. So after Cassie did all of her testing, the clinic turned to Steve. But I remember it was around July the following year is when I had my first um, um, you know, sperm analysis. And it came back zero. And I had brought the sample to the doctor's office because they said you can do either one. You can either do it there or you can do it here, bring it there. So we were making all sorts of excuses. Yeah. Why? Like there's no way, you know, like there's no way. Right. There's just no way. Like, I'm in good health. I take care of my body. I, I, you know, there's just no way. Just like the doctor said, ah, you're fine. I can tell you're fertile. Look at you. Um, but 
After that, then I did another sample. Um, I guess a couple weeks later, I did another sample, and I did it at the doctor's office this time, and um, and then it came back zero again, and and they said I have what's called azuspermia, which um, that's what I was diagnosed with, which basically is you're born with no sperm. Um, they did say there is a possibility that I could have had sperm at some point in my life. Maybe I was 14, 13, 15, whatever. And then gradually over time lose it. Um, but they, they're pretty confident that I was probably born, probably born without any. And I think, what does it affect? One in 10 million people? Yeah. Something I, like that? It's very small. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a big, that was a big hit. And that's when, you know, we really were like, okay, now what the hell do we do? Right. You go in for the first test, you find out like, you're thinking it's going to be you probably. I mean, mm -hmm. I just feel like every woman I've ever talked to, like that's the, the yeah. default. Yeah. So you go in, you do the first one, they say zero. Now you're going to the office and you're about to do the second one. Mm -hmm. What did that feel like the second yeah. time around? I remember being like, well, first of all, I didn't have sex or masturbate or anything for like three days. And I'm like, I'm leaving no doubt. I'm leaving no doubt with this one. Like this is going to be, this is, the, if they're like, I'm going to give myself the best opportunity to make Drinking sure. Green juice. That the, <laughs> <laughs> Not to get too graphic with you guys, but I was I was leaving no doubt. You're so serious. Going, yeah, I was I tr I treated it like I was walking into like a final for college, you know, like where I'm walking into like a presentation in front of like a thousand people. I treated it like a this is like this is my job right now, right? Um, we were nervous. Nervous, very nervous. Um, you know, but optimistic. Yeah, I, I really, honestly, like, again, I'm an optimistic person. There had to be something wrong with their machines. It's not them. It's not me. It's them, right? So walking in, I still nervous, but I still was pretty confident that, okay, it can't be zero. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way it can be zero. They probably just missed. I probably have a low sperm count. Right. Not going to deny that. Like you don't just go from three million to, hey, we missed all three million or whatever. But I would but I was like, they probably just missed some or didn't do it thoroughly enough, if that makes sense. What was the atmosphere like? Like, was it easy to do what you had to do? Was it? Yeah. So that um, that was uh, interesting. I had never done anything quite like that before. Um, most men hopefully don't have to go through something like that. Um, it's awkward. You can hear people outside. Like you hear people walking around. It's not like they tuck you away into like a suite, like up on the fifth floor where it's like, hey, you got this whole like place to yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, you got like a bed and like, you know, like you have the Spot option room. of what you yeah. want to watch. It's like, it's very, very just like... Wrote. You know what that room is used for. And mm -hmm. I hope that they wipe that place down every day. You know? Every hour, really. That's why when they gave me the choice of doing it at home, I'm like, no brainer. Like, this is done, you know? 
I'm like, it had to be at home. Maybe the temperature was wrong in there. Something <laughs> must have happened. Something we happened. Were, we were like, maybe some spilled. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> some sort of contamination. There was some sort of... Temperature problem. There was a virus that got inside and killed everything. We had all kinds of. Yeah, reasons. we had a lot of conspiracy And transporting theories. it, did you like sit on or like how did you transport it? I had it. They gave me a they gave me a uh, a cup um, and just put it up. And I had to uh, I just put it. I had to make sure that sunlight didn't hit it. Um, don't know why I put it in like a brown paper bag. Um, carried it over and like that's kind of awkward too like you think when you're walking that everybody knows what you're carrying and they're like oh you know what I mean? like wearing obviously like nobody knows what you know, what you're what you're carrying like, you're just like everybody else carrying something um that's so kind of funny um now lucky for steve and cassie there was a ray of hope what was cool about it at the time at the hospital that we were at there was a specialist coming in and he specialized in male infertility and so we're like well this is serendipitous this is very this yeah is like very 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 serendipitous and you know we were pretty hopeful i think we were his first patients if we i'm not were. mistaken yeah. yeah which is pretty cool and I remember meeting him right away, and I'm like, this guy is, like, everything. I mean, yeah. We still talk about him. He's just an incredible, incredible, incredible person. <clears throat> and we'll, we'll, we can tell stories about him later. But, you know, he, um, he told me that basically um, the next step, if you choose to do it, is um, it's, a, it's a procedure called microtessie surgery, which is... Basically, what they do is they, they go in, they cut both of your, um, you know, both your testicles open. Um, you're under for about four, four and a half hours. Um, well, and, wait, when we were first told about it, it was like an hour and Oh, a half, that's right. Yeah, he did say about an hour and a half, two our, hours. Our situation was... Yeah. Um, it's 50% success rate. So, you know, what they do, they, they open both testicles up. They... they basically look around in a microscope and look around for sperm and they just keep looking around for sperm. If they find it, they can extract it and they can use that to fertilize an egg. Um, you know, theoretically that's what, that's what could happen. It's risky that there could be long-term complications from it. So, um, Cassie and I talked about it. I made up my mind as soon as he even told me about the operation. I'm like, Oh, we're, we're getting this done. Um, and really because for me, I need a final answer. I could, I would never want to go through life wondering, well, maybe there was one in there, two in there that I could have used with this surgery. You know, I needed to like know for sure. And, um, and you know, I remember telling him, you know, as soon as we, we talked and I told him like, I, we need to get it done. It's hundred percent. We're getting it done. Um, was he pushy at all was he like saying this is a good idea Absolutely this is what not. you should do no. no furthest thing from it right i mean yeah. what was your what was your take on him i mean i i had reservation i think just from an emotional standpoint feeling mm-hmm. like what would what would that well i guess physiologically too like what would that be like to be in excruciating pain from a surgery yeah the microtessie is and then to have 
you know, the disappointment of what that could feel like. And But no, our doctor was very um, kind, you know, just yeah. in every way as far as this is what it's going to be. And, and understanding to the point where he really encouraged me to have a support person at the hospital while I waited and I would have never thought to yeah because like I said I, I kind of thought of it more from what you were going to experience and not for myself but I needed my support person there and I'm so glad that she was and yeah. I, I mean I would have it would have been awful to not have anyone so so from every angle he was kind and supportive and understanding of whatever we could have possibly wanted mm-hmm was yeah. there a financial situation there or like an issue or was that covered by insurance? That was covered. That was covered. Wow. Our micro yeah. surgery was covered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it didn't have to go through the financial burdens yet yeah, or worries right. yet about yeah. that. It, this was more... Um, and I remember we did check on it. I remember calling. I remember being... <laughs> i tell you exactly where I was. I was on 10th and... No, no. 11th and Fitzwater on the phone with Aetna asking them, is micro surgery covered under our insurance? She's like, I've never heard of micro surgery. I'm like, trust me, it's real. I need you to look it up for me. Which so is like, you spell that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm like, in I, Kentucky. Is yeah, like, yeah, right, exactly. Like, what the hell is micro Is this in the print call? Yeah, yeah, like, hello. What is your ID number again? So, I, so she like was off for like a couple minutes and she got back on. She was like, Okay, I found my grotesque. <laughs> I was like, she's like, yes, it is covered. It's covered 100%. And I'm like, wow, that's huge. That's awesome. Um, when, as soon as the, I had surgery October 16th, 2013. Um, I was under for four and a half hours, ended up being. Um, as soon as I, as soon as I got out, of, of it I asked the doctor was right actually I'm sorry the nurse was right there and I the first thing I just said was did it work and she was like she was like hey you know the, the doctor's gonna be over here in a minute doctor's gonna be over here in a minute did it work did it work I just kept asking and then um, the doctor came over and um, and I said hey hey man did it work and he was like no I'm sorry it didn't and that was probably the most emotional you know, and then when Cassie came over, that was, that was like probably the hardest. That was, it was, I've never experienced a close loss in my life, meaning like a, you know, I've lost, you know, great aunts and, you know, grandparents and stuff like that. And, um, never lost a close family member or anything like that. But as far as losses is concerned, it was definitely felt like a death, you know, of some sort. No, it was a, that was a, that was a crazy day. My, uh... My best friend came to the hospital and she brought chicken noodle soup. Um, and, you know, I, when we first got there, they make you come, you know, at like six o'clock in the morning way before. And um, I brought a stack of papers. My kids had term papers due at school. So I was like, I'm going to knock these out. Like, this is, this is what I have to do anyways. And, and I spent the first hour doing that probably more than that um and then my friend got there and we talked and hung out and tried to pretend like everything was normal (laughs) um and and then the longer it took the longer 
Um, the longer the procedure went on, the more I felt nervous that things weren't going well, which is that, as it turns out, was what was happening. And yeah. Our doctor, I can't say it enough, was so kind and, you know, he told me frankly and gently and, um, and was just very sweet about it um, and sympathetic and understanding and, um, you know, it was way, way, way harder than I thought it was going to be to get that news. But it was also, I would say, more romantic than our wedding day yeah. was that Definitely. moment that we had together in yeah. recovery was yeah. just this, like, extraordinary commitment I felt to you that moment. Yeah. It was like, I don't care what happens. It, I'm so sorry, you know, yeah. I'm just feeling so connected to you in that mm-hmm. in that moment it was deep <laughs> <laughs> it was very very deep um there was not you know nothing quite like it that I've ever experienced in my life of sharing a moment with another human being no matter who it is you know family member or whatever we went home that night we picked our sperm donor um from the uh from a, a cryobank out in uh, California Um, because I just did not want one second wasted because I knew going in, if this isn't going to work, we're doing a sperm donor, 100%. I am not, I do not want to rob Cassie of being, having the gift of, of childbirth because what my ego says that like, it's not your kid, it's not your you know, your sperm. So, you know, we have to look for other options. Absolutely not. You know, we were talking about this before. It's just, it's, um, it's one of those things that I, I just, I like, was very adamant about. So I'm like, I just remember I was probably still messed up on <laughs> medication <laughs> and stuff. I, I like, you know, but I just, I do remember we were sitting on the couch in our apartment and we were just looking at, looking at, Sperm donors and sperm donors and sperm donors and stuff. So, how was recovery? Man, I mean, for all the men out there, if you ever know what it's like to get punched in that area, times that by four hours, four four and, four and, and a half, half hours. hours, and you know, um, it's pain I've never felt before in my life. Let's put it that way. Um, I've had some pretty good injuries, but that was, that was, that was rough. Um, you know, you can't, you know, go to the bathroom, like everything was like standing up, Like I couldn't, it, you just can't get comfortable sitting down, standing up, nothing really gets you, <laughs> you know, what sucks is that like, it's a constant reminder. Well, it was a constant reminder for the next, you know, month. Of like, hey, here you go. Here's this pain and like, here's all this shit that you had to go through after you had this four and a half hour surgery. And oh, by the way, it didn't even work, you know? So, I mean, I was prepared for that. Um, You know, the nice thing the doctor did say is like, I had to spend a lot more time on Steve just because I wanted to, I really wanted you guys to win. I mean, we, when I was, um, when I was in recovery, the... We I ran out of um, uh, painkiller, Vicodin, Vicodin yeah. or whatever they gave me. We 
we called him. I forget how. We were just like, hey, we just didn't plan it. Like, hey, we're about to run out. We just like, we ran out. And I was still in, you know, a shit ton of pain. And I think I emailed him and I was like, hey, man, like, I ran out of my pills. Like, is there any way that you can put in a prescription? Cassie will go and grab it. I couldn't walk really or drive a car. And Cassie, like, and she was like, Cassie, go grab it. You know, can you just put a prescription in? Well, you can't, for painkillers, you can't call in a prescription. You have to write a, you have to handle, right, a script. So we didn't know that. And this guy goes to the pharmacy, writes the prescription, goes to the pharmacy, fills it, waits for it, and delivers it drives it over to our apartment. I made him dinner that night. I'm like, I don't know what else to give you. (laughs) She made his dinner. I was like, Like, do you eat meat? I hope you do. I hope you're a meat eater. There might be some rice in there too. You know, I just remember wanting to get back and play basketball so much because I, I, it's my biggest release is, is playing sports, especially basketball. And, um, I played basketball in college and, you know, I, it's a very, um, it's a stress release for me. It's a really, really big stress release for me. And like not being able to do anything athletic is like, there's a lot of pent up frustration on top of getting probably the worst news I've ever gotten in my life. So, um, I remember the one time, uh, when I first went back and played basketball for the first time, I went probably like two, three weeks before the doctor told me that I shouldn't. And I went back and I got hit with the ball right there. And I like dropped to the ground and no one knew, you know, cause it's very weird to tell people that don't, I don't mind speaking about it. Like, you know, I never mind speaking about it to anybody. I mean, we, we met. Yeah, there you go. Perfect example. I mean, from my perspective, like I, right. I met like my, the launch party for like our social media. Yeah, team. there you go. Yeah. And, perfect example. and like right. someone mentions that you guys had gone through fertility and Steve comes over and he's just like, dude, aceuspermia, this is what happened. And tells me, and I was just like, I'm, and of course in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, you I'm like, wait, I need a microphone. <laughs> Let me get a microphone. Get it now. Get it now. Laura, I met this guy last night. Yeah. I know. And she was like, <laughs> Exactly how I came up. We gotta interview him yeah. the holidays, but they're moving. That's yeah. Yeah. But the people that I play basketball with, they're not like my best buddies. Like they're guys I play basketball with. Like I met them through basketball. So like trying to explain to somebody that I had micro tessie surgery for four and a half hours is like, whoa, why, why, what, what the hell is micro tessie? You're like. Dude, you have something wrong with like, like I'm like no, no, no. So it was just very, um, it was very awkward to like explain to them, you know exactly what the what the deal was. But I, I was just like, listen, you can ask questions or not. But like basically, I had operations on my balls for four and a half hours, and like I don't feel too good, you know. So. <laughs> I'm gonna so, go cry. For yeah, that. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like that. That hurt really bad. Um, I was still pulling stitches out, I think, like, maybe five months later. We were so excited every time we find Yeah, we would find one and, like, pull one out. We got I would feel one, and I'm like, oh, there's a stitch. Let's get it. And we would, like, get tweezers and, like, it's like it a out. really good pimple. Yeah, like, yeah. It was like, it was like, yes, got it. 
No, at that time it didn't. It was all like, it was, it was, that was fine. It was all, everything was healed properly. Everything was fine. And we, I was like, you could feel like where there's, there's stitches in there. Cause like, you know, they, when they stitch, they stitch the inside. The ones that are supposed to dissolve. Yes. I think is what we were. The ones that didn't <laughs> dissolve. supposed to go away. But yeah. Didn't. But never did. And you feel, you get to his room, rip it out. Like, yes. <laughs> we get so excited. It's a little things, man. So next we, we chose a donor. We actually had to choose a couple because our first, who I felt like was a really good physical match for Steve, um, we, there were like two vials of sperm and that was it. Or we bought two vials and then he ran yeah. out. So that's, that's the other complication with sperm donors is you don't have this like unlimited quantity. If you want one donor, you should probably buy as much as you think you need. Because they might not... They might run out. No. What is how much you, like, what is the typical amount that you should buy? Um, they recommended, I remember the cryobank yeah. re- recommended three to four vials. Three to four, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds, like, sounds like going to a tapas restaurant. I know. <laughs> oh, the I chef know. recommends I three know. to four per person. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know. yep. When you go through this whole process, you feel like you're in, there is a menu for everything. There's yeah. a menu for IVF. There's a menu for IUIs. A lot a of it's for, all a cart. It's like, it is. It's like it's if crazy. you want to know how tall they are, you get, you, you get know. this. It's not like that, but like, but if you want, if you want an updated picture of what they look like now, you pay this. Well, amount. childhood photos you can't get updated. I'm sorry, I mean. But like yeah. celebrity lookalikes, you can find out or whatever. You know, like it's and that's a. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you think a part of you still thought that like, even though it's zero, there's still not like there's still a chance. Yes. Like maybe. Hundred yes. percent. Yeah. Yes. I 100%. mean, to this day, I still have yeah. thoughts like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, when the surgery was over. That, well, no, even I think before actually. No, no, it was over. They told me that there's a five percent chance that you could some at point in your life get sperm back. I don't know if they tell you that to like, but shit like that works for me. You know what I mean? Like you tell me that, and I'm like, that's all I need. And but I don't bank on that. Like I never, I don't like when we have sex. Like I don't go into it like this. Be it. This could be it. You know, like I don't. It's never like that. But I think it like gave me a little bit of like, hey, like, who knows? Maybe in ten years, all of a sudden, like something cool could really happen. But if not, I totally get it, and that's why I went through the operation to yeah. know. Give me my final answer. Like, give me my final final go. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's it almost never, like less pressure, I feel like, you know, because I definitely. feel like a lot of couples who go through infertility treatments for years, they do have this sort of like functionality to their sex life where it was kind of like, well, that's kind of out the window for us. Mm-hmm. That's um, interesting. It almost like made, put it back in the fun category right. as opposed to putting it right. yeah. into a purpose. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like we. There's one reason we do this. That's it. We don't have sex to procreate. We don't have sex to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. We have sex because we love each other and I think she's really hot. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's why we do it. It's Were there cool. any, like, breakdowns or fights or arguments or oh God, yeah. that you did during that time? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Would that be in the root of the problem or what What was the root of the... I think just probably... I haven't talked too much. No, you haven't. I, I think definitely there were a lot of 
I mean, yeah, a lot of fights with this at the root of the problem, especially once we got into the treatments, like the IUIs. It was like when it got really bad and, um, you know, picking a donor, all of that. I was so impressed with Steve's stoicism and strength and, and being able to stand by and like move forward with that decision that we made. But, um, I remember, you remember after the first one and he, you know, I mean, he sees this procedure be done, not with his sperm. And it was really emotional, really tough and infuriating in that moment. And, um, you know, that, that anger I know isn't like he hates me, but at the time that's what it feels like. And, you know, like then it turns into, you know, you're, well, you're not suffering the same way I'm suffering. And, and, and at some point you feel like you're comparing how much yeah. each person is hurting. Definitely. And, and that was, yeah, I mean, that's it's excruciating to hurt like that. And then to feel like your partner who, is probably feeling a lot the same way you are, that you just mm. can't connect in that way. Um, that's, yeah, that's the hardest part. Just to go back a little bit further, we met in May of 2011. We were engaged in January, and we were married by July. So we jumped right into all this. We, so. we got hit with all this, like, pretty much almost year one of being just together. Not even, forget about being married, like, just even, like, knowing each other. And on top of that, too, um, we did long distance from May until the date, literally the day we got married. So even the first year that we were together, we only saw each other. I mean, we talked every day, every night, but we only saw each other on the weekends. And sometimes we'd have to skip a weekend for something going on. So like to be hit with this and not have years and years of knowing each other and like that security that that right. Knowing that that person's not going to leave or knowing like, you know, what makes this person tick or what, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it we never, um, we didn't have that luxury. Like this is thrown at us very early in pretty massive life, <laughs> life situation just being completely thrown at us right away. And I just don't think that we were prepared for that. And we didn't know how we fought. I don't, I don't know if you guys understand, like... You know how, like, it takes a while for you to realize your partner's... How to have a constructive fight. Yeah, like, yeah. like, I go for the jugular a lot, you know? And, like, I'm terrible, at, I'm terrible at it. I know that. But, like, I know what she does, too, like, to get to get me. And, and I just didn't know, you know, knowing how to fight, and it sounds crazy, but, like, knowing how to fight with your partner is, like, it's takes a it, it really helps <laughs> we've we've figured it out almost we're, we're pretty much there but like we've come a long way of like understanding what we both need in an argument and again just it's just from lack of just not knowing each other deeply enough um to really have that, have that. security yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was one part of it. A lot of it, I feel like my anger might have just really came from, like, you get to have kids and I don't, you know? And it's just not fair. You know what I mean? And, you know, and then to, if I heard her complain about something, that's what would send me. I'm like, 
how dare you complain, you know, we're, you know, and this would be like if an IUI didn't work. Right. And I'm like, well, at least you have an at bat, right. you know, I wasn't like allowed to be sad. Right. She wasn't allowed to be sad because like, well, at least you get at bats. I'd rather be able to even step up and get in that bat, but I can't even get in that bat. I'm in the dugout, you know, like I, I can only ride the bench. I can't even play. Right. Like at least you get to play. A lot of our arguments centered around that. I, you know, I'm sure I'm sure there are still going to be many tests in our marriage over the next hundreds of thousands of years. But <laughs> but to be no, thrown, never, never <laughs> we're going to be the two I'm, oldest people. We're never. Do done. you get to like re up at some point? Yeah, yeah totally. Like, you didn't hear about the re up program? No, no, yeah. I, I don't, I don't well, it's only for people who have azuspermia. So sorry, <laughs> sorry dude. dude. Apologize. <laughs> He's a very optimistic. And guy. you get to bring you get to bring your sprout. You only get one plus one, so right. you get to bring her. You get a re up. Um, but uh, so Steve and Cassie moved on with their donor sperm and started doing IUIs. So by the way, let's take a pause here. IUIs are intrauterine inseminations. What a fertility clinic will do is they'll follow a woman's cycle, monitor them for when they're about to ovulate, and then they take prepared sperm. Now, what does prepared mean? It means that they wash it. They separate the actual semen itself from the seminal fluid, and they therefore get the greatest concentration of semen they can get. Or in Stephen Cassie's case, prepared means that they took the donor sperm that was frozen and they thaw it and prepare it to go into her body. How they do that is they take a syringe and they suck the semen up into the syringe and then they attach it to a catheter. A catheter is like a, a flexible plastic tube. They insert that tube through the cervix. So they go through the vagina and then through the cervix right into the uterus and they inject that sperm right into the uterus. And the thought is that if you inject it past the cervix, the theory is that it gives the sperm a head start, less swimming to do to reach the egg and increase the chance of fertilization. So this was Steve and Cassie's next step. And it looked like they had their answer and had a plan going forward. But like many people in their shoes, even when the sperm is totally fine, sometimes what should be an easy fix doesn't pan out the way it's supposed to. Did you at some point have like a conversation? So like you're, you knew what was wrong. What was wrong was there was no sperm. Mm -hmm. You go through this insemination and you just, I assume you're just assuming, okay, well, this is fixing the right. problem. Yeah. So after like the third or, or fourth time, did, did the docs have answers? Did they? Like, no, I mean, they kind of just said, you know, your, your choice is IUI or IVF is the next step. And I was scared of IVF. You know, it just seemed like a lot to um, a lot to go through. See, like with IUI, it was like kind of having a miscarriage every month. You know, it wasn't a miscarriage every month, but it was like, how many did we do? Five, six. six. So, and every month it was like, you know, when like when she would get um, her period, it would be like a it was death. a death. Like she would, you know, she'd be devastated. Our lives revolved around this like literally revolved around not, not literally but it revolved it, it really did our, our lives was like it was work and fertility mm -hmm. i mean fertility treatments that's really what it came down to yeah so we did we did six iuis <laughs> yeah. and then after that we did um we did an egg extraction and i think we ended up with six 
So Five. our our first egg retrieval, we actually donated half of my eggs to get a discount. Yeah, so you basically like sell your eggs <laughs> to Menu. get. <laughs> which, it was a group on. Which was a whole it. big process too, because then I have to become an egg donor. So you go through extensive screening, lots of blood work. Mm. I, I took that personality test. It was Whoa, like a thousand questions. It was, was weird. It was like a psychological exam it's that crazy. you have to pass. And weird. Yeah. It was, no, it wasn't a thousand. It was 400 questions. 400 questions. Did you, did you do it here or was it at the, it the was, it was, neither. No. Was it? You had to no. go to a testing Remember? Center? Yeah. We had to go to that testing center. Oh, like that's in, right. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Man, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, so really we had strange. to like you have to see a separate person and you pay for that because you know like yep yeah um oh man I forgot about that yeah so went through all of that and then I had two miscarriages so we had like two chances I had two miscarriages yeah and then we did it all over again and then so that was that cost you know um how much did that cost are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, we were doing a lot a la carte at that point, so. I mean, it ended up being probably twelve grand. Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. And that was with the discount of splitting it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, I remember asking one time if there's financing options, and they're like, "Yeah, there is financing options. Absolutely." You shouldn't do it. <laughs> and the interest rate was like twelve percent, and I'm like. You got to be kidding me. Like, how do you get, you know, so we had, a, so we, that was the first time we had two miscarriages and then you have to do the procedure all over again. And then that's when we went with the guaranteed program that the fertility company offered. And basically what that is, is they, they do the egg extraction. Of course, this time, how many did we get? How many made it? 20. 20. I was hyperstimulated. <laughs> she was hyperstimulated. She ended up getting Graves' disease from it, which is hyperthyroid. She had to get her thyroid out after. That program, the guaranteed program, costs... 25000 25, Without medication. Without medication. So, probably... It's just a smart move for 30, anyone doing two, it. 32000 something like mm-hmm. that. When you say medication was like seven grand for that... For all the, you know, we went through twenty eggs. We got twenty eggs. Ten made it to day five. To day five, so we did. Of course, what happens, right? We put one in. <laughs> She's upstairs. She's upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> one time. So the guaranteed program is they do it as many times as you possibly, or as many times as it takes to get a live baby in your arms. And of course, the first time we did it, which we were glad. I was going to say you'd probably win. rather yeah. that than yeah. any other. I know, yeah. but it's just funny how it works out. Of course, yeah. we do the guaranteed program, and we we guaranteed a baby the first, <laughs> the first time within five years. Like, can we? Yeah, get right. To yeah, that? exactly. Steve and Cassie's daughter, Sibby, was born about three years after Steve first had his semen analysis. As you can tell, we kind of zoomed through what it was like for them to go through the first two rounds of IVF, 
have two miscarriages, which are never easy, before they finally got to where they've been hoping for since the day they got married. To say this whole thing can be a whirlwind is an understatement. Add to the fact that all this comes up within two years of them meeting each other. Even after hearing all of this, I still can't imagine what it must have been like. We were just getting hit with... Things are good now. Great. Things are great now. Yeah. Great. It's still kind of like newlyweds still. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was, uh, I, yeah. you now your new parent, like it yeah. just all really. We've known each other for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I just told you like a life's worth you of did. like medical, <laughs> like fertility yeah. issues. Yeah. And we've known each other like for Like high five school years. sweethearts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. This is like high school it sweetheart is, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and really the first year didn't even count because like we were long distance and like we saw each other like. It was like literally getting off a train and be like, oh my God, let's go have sex. And then like party for two days and I'm going to go back to work. You know? You're still <laughs> learning your new last name. Right. Like, yeah. It's like, right, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that's, that's what happened. Now, the story didn't end there. Steve's certainly struggling with knowing that as his daughter ages, she won't look like him, and that it's not easy to hear others talk about it. But at the same time, he's hopeful because he knows he's passing on his personality traits, and sometimes when she mimics him, it all feels okay. Cassie passed on the Graves' disease that she developed after IVF to her daughter, which required a scary five-day stay at Children's Hospital and then had a flare-up of a syndrome she's had her whole life called brachial neuritis, which I could do a whole separate podcast on. As you can tell, the stories so rarely just end with the arrival of the baby. Thanks to Steve and Cassie for sharing their story. Waiting for Babies is produced by me, Stephen Mavros. Music for this episode by Quiet Music for Tiny Robots. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes. And you can always check us out at waitingforbabies.com to find out more, hear extra stories about what the interviews were like, and see photos. And if you really want to help us keep doing this because we take a lot of time away from seeing patients, please go to our website and click Donate. Have a story you want to tell? We now have a contact form for submissions on our website at waitingforbabies.com. So you guys get a little bonus here at the end. When Laura and I go to interview some of these couples, we always tend to bring a bottle of wine with us. And not everyone opens the bottle of wine, but in this case, Steve and Cassie did. Uh, And we had a little surprise when we opened uh, the first bottle of wine to start drinking. And it kind of interrupted a really intense moment, but I just thought I would share. Thanks so much for everything. See you guys next time. I was scared of IVF. You know, it just seemed like a um, a lot to go through. Um, but I, um, 
Is can we just talk about the, the crystal yeah, that came out? I have no idea. I thought you like, like, this, right? like <laughs> you guys like I have no idea. You need, let's let's talk about reimbursement here because please don't tell me you spent five hundred dollars on a bottle of wine. Okay, twelve ninety nine. Let's go. Let's go halves. Let's go halves. I have no idea. I have never seen that before. Way to show off, like, Steve. Yeah, like, I didn't like, know that was gonna happen. I was like, he's got all like the rabbit. Over here to open up the bottle, yeah. and suddenly it's I was like a- ready. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, let me I thought get it this. was one of the decant. I thought you had put it in. I know. There. No, 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 I don't know. First time. Did we like win something? I, like, is this like a- I don't know. I mean, you won have, the fancy let's contest. Talk about this. We have to have to that. You won never, the fancy contest. Never seen it. It's really it's nice. nice too. Like the, I, I mean, we're definitely going to save 1800s? it. The 1800s? Like, oh my gosh. Beautiful. Like a reserve. What did you buy? That was awesome. I know. That was I, oh, that's so God, thanks. I loved God. your eyeballs. We're just like looking. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I was like, yeah, something's <laughs> happening over here that I don't understand. <laughs> Please, yeah. Sure. Trying to listen. You're just like, Whoa. yeah. I'm gonna drink this. I want the fancy stuff. Yeah. Right. This is done. So you might. Oh, well. that is so funny. Man. <laughs> Can we take a picture of that? We we yeah, should definitely to. take a picture so of that. Funny.